Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 303. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss our vital topics of saving domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. Thank you to our lead sponsor for 2017, Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. Welcome to day one of American Flowers Week, which continues through next Tuesday, July 4th, Independence Day. The Slow Flowers community is boldly sharing this message. Beautiful, fresh, and seasonal flowers are worth celebrating. They are worth celebrating and they're grown here by real people on real U.S. farms. This is our third year celebrating American-grown flowers in all 50 states, from coast to coast, from north to south. I'm thrilled with the incredible enthusiasm and participation from flower farmers, floral designers, retailers, grocery chains, and avid gardeners who are joining in to help raise awareness about the origin of our flowers. Your use of the hashtag American Flowers Week, along with hashtag Slow Flowers, and your personal branding is awesome. I've loved seeing the early posts as designers and florists have shared sneak peeks across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Flowers, signage, displays, events, and special red, white, and blue bouquets, of course, to celebrate American Flowers Week. We'll keep on retweeting and reposting to spread the awareness and attention across social platforms with the overall goal of getting more people asking for and buying American-grown flowers from you. Please visit DebraPrinzing.com to find links to all our free resources and activities available to you as well as details about cool American Flowers Week projects that our members are producing around the country, including a few that have taken place last week in the days leading up to American Flowers Week. And check out AmericanFlowersWeek.com to download graphics, logos, photography, and social media badges that you can use in your own branding or social feeds. And don't forget to download our awesome USA map of state flowers, including individual state coloring sheets, Add your logo and print copies to share and hand out to your community and customers and encourage them to post the results. I have one more important event to remind you about, the Slow Flowers Summit, which is happening this coming Sunday, July 2nd in Seattle at the Surf Incubator event space. You've heard from some of our awesome speakers, and this podcast has shared previews of what's on the agenda for an inspiring day of design innovation, personal inspiration, and a bit of radical thinking to send you off with new ideas. It's not too late to sign up. We're expecting and planning for a few last-minute registrants. 
If your schedule allows, I encourage you to join us. And you can find all the details about tickets and the day's schedule on the show notes for today's episode 303 at deborahprinzing.com. Okay, let's get to today's interview. I'm so happy to bring you some succulent joy today with a conversation I recorded in late May when I traveled to San Diego to teach. I have loved seeing the designs, the creativity, and the incredible color sensibility in the succulent florals of Maria Luisa Capriellian. Maria Luisa is the owner of Urban Succulents based in San Diego. She's a slowflowers.com member whose company is uniquely suited for a thriving mail order floral business. Because San Diego has ideal weather for growing and producing succulent plants, it's the perfect headquarters for urban succulents. Maria Luisa's mission is to create living arrangements using only the finest locally sourced succulent plants. All her succulent arrangements, wreaths, gift boxes, bouquets, and other items are made to order so they are fresh when the recipient receives them. Urban succulents, living arrangements, and bouquets can be replanted, bringing more enjoyment, a gift that keeps on giving, or growing in this case. Urban Succulents creates living florals for corporate events and galas, weddings, and other festive occasions. For holidays and other gift-giving, the studio offers wreaths and succulent plant assortments. I know you'll find our conversation inspiring, and I hope it gives you some new ideas for using succulents in your design work. Or contact Urban Succulents to special order wired succulent stems to add to your designs. I had serious succulent envy spending time with Maria Luisa in her home, her studio, and her vast garden filled with plants that we never see up in the chilly corner of the Pacific Northwest. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am delighted today to be seated in this beautiful San Diego home of my guest, Maria Luisa Capriellian. Hi, Maria Luisa. Hi, Deborah. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's a pleasure to be able to visit you. Um, <laughs> you've been a member of Slow Flowers for a while, and you have a business called Urban Succulents, correct? That's correct, yes. And um, you've been on my radar for a while. We've never met before, so this is really fun. Uh, some of our guests may um, remember the interview I featured with Robin Stockwell um, of Succulent Gardens Nursery, formerly of Succulent Gardens Nursery, and the author of the new book on, on succulents. And he talked about you in that interview just a couple yes. months ago. <laughs> he was very kind to invite me to collaborate uh, and teach how to make a succulent bouquet or um, the corsages and the boutonnieres. And how to decorate a, a, a cake. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That photo is beautiful. Um, so that's right. You had a number of, of pages in his book with your designs. Uh, I was just so intrigued about your story, and I wanted to hear it. So um, you're willing to share it. And <laughs> Thank I think you. I think it'll inspire uh, people who are using succulents perhaps in a small way to see the potential. Um, so what's your relationship with succulents? We're here in San Diego, which is kind of succulent land, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. It is absolutely a love relationship with succulents, <laughs> mine and of my husband. And uh, the special way in which succulents reproduce is just fantastic. We are just in awe about how just a little leaf that falls on the ground can become a completely new plant or... Um, mm. 
just cutting them and dropping them in the ground and they grow again. So they're just a fantastic flower to... One of my assistants calls them flowers because they look like flowers. So by mistake, I called it flower. But these plants are just beautiful. And they're so beautiful that they look like flowers. They do. The rosette, uh, especially certain varieties, right? Correct. Uh -huh. All the echeverias have the shape of a rosette of a flower. And that's what I mostly use for making bridal bouquets. Okay. So let's back up a little bit and talk about how you got here. Um, you, you have an art background, and um, that makes sense to me now. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what did you start out doing? Well, I started um, studying art at San Diego State University, uh, graphic design, and uh, with an emphasis on illustration. So my, my forte was uh, watercolors. Mm. And um, from there, I started to apply texture and big patterns and color to the terrariums that I started to build with succulents mm. after I discovered succulents. And this was, uh, I love the story you said when you bought, bought this home and you moved here, the yard was overcome with just jade. Jade plant. Okay. It was a forest. We could not walk through there because it was solid jade. So we started yanking out the, the jade and then piling up on air certain areas and it'll start to grow there <laughs> again. I mean, so that's what like, we discovered. Most people think of a jade plant as like a little four-inch pot on their desk. And you're talking about the size of, you know, a, a, a little canyon yeah. full of jade. <laughs> <laughs> and we were piling in on different parts of the garden. Mm -hmm. So we noticed how they reproduce, how these succulents. Mm -hmm. And we started to buy more succulent plants and learn more about them. And... Um, of course, I came across the Rolly Baldwin's books on succulents and learned more about mm -hmm. these marvelous plants. And you're talking about Deborah Lee Baldwin, who's a timber author and has done, I think, three books on designing landscapes and um, projects with succulents. Right. And she's um, located very near you. You guys have collaborated yes. on stories, yes, right? Yes, she's in Escondido. Okay. And uh, actually, uh, I collaborated with her on a video on how to make a succulent bouquet. Oh, that she produced, and it's uh, it was a wonderful. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get a, a link to that and yes, uh, definitely. share it. Mm -hmm. um, so you said you started with terrariums. Were you selling them, or what was going on? With At first, I was just donating them for a charity, uh, mostly for my kids' schools or sports. Um, mm -hmm. Teams like auctions and stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, some some um, um, elderly homes mm, mm -hmm. um, whenever they had a charity oh here's an arrangement so uh, the, the, the arrangements were selling really well so I went on to make several of them and took them to different furniture stores around San Diego oh what a nice idea because <laughs> so I, I they're kind of contemporary and exactly. it fits with that vibe right there was a beautiful store in downtown San Diego that had contemporary furnishings and they were full of beautiful furniture from all over the world. And I would go in and bring my terrariums, put them in display on their little coffee tables mm -hmm. next to the sofas or next to the bed or in the kitchen, in all their displays. And I started selling a lot of terrariums there and arrangements on dishes that they mm -hmm. would give me. They would also sometimes provide uh, with a special looking vessel. Okay. Fill it up with plants and cacti and little pebbles. And that was my show case my where I showcase right. my work. What's your showroom, right? Yes, my showroom amongst furniture. And so at the time you what did you did you consider yourself um, 
I don't know, a, you didn't consider yourself a floral designer at the time, did you? No, I did not. It's <laughs> <laughs> like somebody who loved succulents. Right, right. I was trying to recreate miniature landscapes mm-hmm. into a, a vessel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with succulents. And then you said that you got asked to do a wedding and that sort of changed everything, right? Yes. <laughs> my niece or my husband's uh, brother's daughter yeah. asked me to do her centerpieces. And then she says, well, can you throw in my bridal bouquet? And I said, oh, yes, let me, let me find out how to make a bridal bouquet with succulents. <laughs> so wonderful that we have the internet. I Google really quickly how to make a bouquet, and I learned online how to wire a succulent right. to be placed in a bouquet. Um, this was, you said, uh, like six or so, six years six ago? Years, over six years ago, yeah, okay. almost seven. So what is your, you said you, over the years you've had to really develop your own techniques for wiring. Is it just because the, every plant is, every flower head is different or? Right. Some of the stems on the succulents are very, very full of water. So they just snap. Mm. You can just, with your two fingers, they just snap. So you put a wire through there. Uh, usually the way I learn is you put the wire transversal to the, to the stem of, mm. the, of the plant. And it just kind of makes a crack and it just makes it very delicate and it, it just snaps and cracks and falls apart. Even if you're also taping that stem, it still just won't hold it on. Right, okay. uh, even if I'm taping, I started sometimes taping the, the little stem and putting the wire through the tape. Oh my goodness. And uh, there was still some damage. So then I started to put um, braces on the side of the stems so that um, that injury that I put that uh, what do you call it the um, slice slicing through this horizontally right uh-huh. had the piercing of the stem was uh, was not holding all the the head of the head of the of the succulent yeah. head. <laughs> so. I love that you're touching your head. <laughs> For those of you who can't see Maria Luisa, <laughs> so what is the brace? Was the brace another type of wire? Two wires oh. that are that are bent uh, like this, and I just put them. Um, parallel to the to the uh, wire that yeah. is going through and then bending down. So so a lot of labor in yes. just to create one flower, quote unquote flower for the right. bouquet. So to make a bouquet can take up, up to an hour sometimes. Wow, yeah. From the selection of the plants to cutting them to cleaning out the roots. There's a, a lot of them don't even have a stem to just cut off. You have to go deep down in the roots and clean them all out and then uh, start working from there. Right, right. So. Um, Lots of tape and lots of wire. So you've kind of adapted some of those techniques for your own uh, designs uh, just to make sure that there's no bouquet emergency during the wedding where something's right. flying off. Exactly. And especially because a lot of my bouquets leave San Diego, go out of the city, and I had to figure out how to package them so that these delicate uh, flower-shaped plants <laughs> would not lose their leaves because oh. also the uh, the succulents if you shake it if you shake the the stem that you created it can just lose their leaves yeah they just come flying off right or, or shatter or exactly break. Okay. exactly so um it was all together how how i can package it how i can create a bouquet that can travel and that can then make it to the wedding and sustain the entire day. Right. So mm-hmm. are you shipping these upright, sort of um, yes. protected on all, like mm-hmm. 360 degrees? I have a special 
carton that it was designed for my boxes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a pyramid with a, with a hole on the top. And I put the bouquet in the center and the pyramid is uh, covered with two sides of cardboard that make it to the very top of the, of the box. So when you close the box, the lid is not touching the, uh, the bouquet and uh, the bouquet is attached to this pyramid-like thing with zip ties. So there's no pressure on those gentle leaves? No, so they them. don't touch the walls of the, mm -hmm. of the box and if the box is placed upside down, the bouquet is hanging from there <laughs> like a lamp on the ceiling. <laughs> you have to think of everything that FedEx will do. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Well, at first we submitted, uh, I sent FedEx a, uh, a bouquet oh. and I asked them, how would you package this? And I was not convinced. And my husband said, well, let's start to do some research. And he started calling box people in San Diego. And we found a fantastic person, an engineer, that um, designed this box for us. So custom designed your box. Correct. So now, fast forward, you've, you, you've gone from cutting up your own jade plants and making terrariums for your kids' school auction to this very busy website business, web-based business, Urban mm -hmm. Succulents, and describe uh, the mix of products that you have and who's buying all this pro all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I have um, all the centerpieces, gifts for the table, for the home, for the office, um, and definitely all the, um, the prom works, corsages mm. and boutonnieres, mm. which are so popular now, getting more popular with mm -hmm. succulents. And for the bridal um, pieces is the bouquet, the bridal bouquet, I mean the uh, the bridesmaids bouquets, sure. uh, of course the centerpieces and some and I have started to do some arch decoration Ooh. for the ceremony. Oh, you didn't tell me that. So larger pieces. Yes, yes. Uh huh. So I took a class on on um, floral class uh, mm -hmm. just last year, mm -hmm. or it was two years ago, and I learned about um, how to tie. Um, the flowers to a to either a grid of um, of branches mm -hmm. or or to cardboard or to whatever to insert the stems and then be able to to tie them out to the arbor. So kind so, of a a corner piece on an arbor or something that's even longer. That's correct. Oh, wow. Yes, <laughs> or even just a, a bouquet that is um, tied around the post. Oh, sure. On the side of the to decorate the, it. Right to just go along the side of the curtain or the draping. So do you consider yourself a floral designer? Now I think I do. Yes, <laughs> after working, after taking the lessons on, uh, on how florists work and then introducing some uh, floral um, foliage uh, right. into my uh, bouquets and centerpieces and working with a few flowers. Because sometimes when I have um, girls in San Diego getting married, I am open to mixing fresh flowers with succulents, which is a fantastic combination. So your, the facets of your business are the products, um, like the table, the table arrangements that are planted, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. and then the jewelry and the boutonniere, not the jewelry, but the boutonniere, the, the wearables. Personal. Mm -hmm. And then that's almost all mail order, it sounds like. Uh, yes, a lot of it is wow. mail order. Yes. Yeah, you told me a little bit about Mother's Day, which was last <laughs> week. I'm glad it didn't come bother you then. 
Is this the most successful year you've had so far on your website? It is. It is. Uh, it <clears throat> got so out of hand. We had <laughs> we had to close the store. We had to tell people uh, we're not taking any more Mother's Day orders. Well, we cannot promise delivering Mother's Day. Right. Right. After a certain date, I I don't remember if it was the eighth or the seventh of May, or even earlier. But you just you have such a high level of of detail and quality that you you didn't want to rush probably. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Everything has to be packaged properly for it to arrive to this destination. Wow. In good shape. And um, and yet there were still people ordering after Mother's Day. Oh really? Or oh. on Saturday the eleventh. It doesn't matter. Just go ahead and ship it late. So maybe they're printing so. a photo off your website and putting it in a card. <laughs> Probably saying, yes. Mom, this is coming. <laughs> so are you done? Or are you still shipping those I carryovers? I the very last ones uh, yesterday. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> so um, you have been a one-woman show, or what's your husband's name? Rene. Okay, so Rene has been part of this too. Right? Rene has been a very good part. Um, um, yes. But now you said you you just can't sustain it all yourself. No, no. So I have two part-time employees. Uh, as a matter of fact, my the one girl that works with me was in the fashion industry. Oh. in Mexico. Oh, interesting. Yes. So uh, it makes sense then. Right. So uh, when I first met her, I heard all her talking, and I thought she's creative. I'm going to have her work with me. So it's been working really nice. Well, I feel like um, if. You're the designer, and if you have someone who appreciates design, you can probably teach them the actual assembly techniques, right? Right, uh -huh. and the combination of texture, color, and shape, and form that goes along with all sorts of design. So a lot of people are doing succulent projects around the country. You made a comment about being in San Diego and that that really is benefiting you. What, mm -hmm. what do you attribute this sort of huge success that you've had. I think your style is beautiful. Your execution is just pristine. But you have plants that people haven't seen before, right? Yes. <laughs> well, there's a, we live in the in succulent land. Yeah. It is the best place in the United States to grow succulent. Southern California's weather is just the best. Yeah, they're so, happy here. Yes. They're bigger here. <laughs> they're bigger, they're juicier. <laughs> <laughs> and their their stress when you have them in the dry and hot conditions of San Diego, they can turn so many different colors. Oh, interesting! That's where the, you get like the reddish edges and that sort of thing. Right, the red edges, the full-on uh, rust on the entire plant, mm. or the purples, mm. and they can only get that because they're either starved of water or is it too hot mm. for them. So San Diego is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of um, independent growers that I buy from. And there is, of course, um, the major seller of um, succulent plants in, in, the, in the country, which is Oasis. Mm -hmm. They're um, based down here. In San Diego, yes. And do, and do, they, do they sell, I've heard of that nursery. It, it, do they sell to the public or only wholesale? They sell, sell to the public, okay. yes. Mm -hmm. okay. But yes. your quantities that you're at, you're buying wholesale now, right? I am buying, yeah. The, what we get is just no tax. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> they know you and they right. like you. Mm -hmm. And you're right. a steady customer. Yes. Yes. You're buying flats and flats of these things. Right. And now we have somebody growing for us. Oh, you do? Yes. And why is that? Just special uh, varieties? The special or? varieties. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, we're not getting enough of what we need from Oasis lately. Mm -hmm. 
So we've been looking into different uh, growers and um, um, we're buying from an independent grower that is growing to our specific size. And That's smart. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, you can't have all, all your products from, coming from one source because then what happens if that source goes out of business? Right. And, and there's a lot of competition and all of the people that are buying from Oasis are from Etsy. And they're, so there's sometimes that we go there and we know each other and, oh, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so Other yeah. Etsy sellers. Other Etsy sellers in uh, California. Are they selling products or just plants? Um, both. Because I've seen that yes. where you can uh, mostly just mostly they plants. just sell plants. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yes. Because right. somebody in um, a colder northern state would not necessarily have a nursery near them, right? No. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, when you say you're having the independent growers <clears throat> grow to your specifications, what is the ideal head or size of that echidaria? It is about two and a half to three inches for a bouquet. Okay. That is just ideal. I can use um, a four inch or a six inch in a bouquet, but it's just too top heavy for uh, a bouquet. And that's where you run the risk of breakage. Breakage, yes, exactly. Uh Okay. So in, uh, I'm looking at this tray where you have uh, pre-made a bunch of what do you call them? Flowers. Rosettes. Yeah, Uh rosette, right. The faux stem on the rosette. for an arrangement or a bouquet, how many roughly would you have in a bouquet or does it depend on the size? It depends on the size, but um, about roughly 20 stems of rosettes and then about six of the uh, Blosfeldiana blooms or Calandiva blooms. Okay. Uh, This plant is a succulent also and they bloom in all colors of the Crayola box. Wow. I want to see uh, these. Yellow, white, pink, dark pink, medium pink, uh, orange, medium orange, red, all of them except the blues and the purples. It's not the Kalankoe, is it? Kalankoe, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kalankoe. Yeah, I was trying to, th- I thought maybe I was mispronouncing it, but those uh, are those are um, being sold as cut f- cuts now, This just the flower, right? Not that I know oh, of. Oh, okay. Oh. I've seen them up in Seattle. I'll tell you who's growing them. Um, oh, wow. Um... I'll have to look it up. But but you're cutting them yourself. Yes, I buy okay. the plants and I keep them here in the, my greenhouse and I cut the, the stem and then I create a longer stem to be able to tie it into the bouquet. So that gives that kind of, um, that bride yearning for a little bit of color uh, to the, to and the tender, blue and green palette. And tenderness and the light texture and mm-hmm. the, the flower texture that mm-hmm. girls like. Yeah. Even though, you know, girls, oh my customers are just fantastic girls Mm. they they are not picky they're just happy to get their succulent bouquet so um and how do they find you the um we have a website Mm -hmm. urbansucculents.com and um by um by searches people will search uh succulent bouquet or succulent arrangement and um it's it's wonderful that we come up really quickly in the searches do you think that um some of the, these brides are looking on, they're seeing photos on Pinterest or in wedding magazines, that sort of thing? Many or? times they tell me they found me in Pinterest. Okay, so yes. people are pinning your photos of your yes, bouquets. Yes, right. Wow. Uh-huh. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had made a comment about the special sort of afterlife of your bouquets and that that, that is something that's pretty meaningful. I've written right. about this before. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how, what kind of rituals are people doing with their wedding? Well, the very succulents? first and more, most fun 
commentary I heard from a girl. She said, oh, she wrote to me and she says, I'm so happy. I went on my honeymoon and then I came back and my bouquet was up on the wall. Oh, <laughs> the mother funny. had put it on a frame Oh, uh, to, you know, how they do mm -hmm. um, like succulents the in a wall, in a box. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the way she put it, oh, my bouquet was up on the wall. <laughs> and now so I can admire it after the <laughs> for, for a little while. I yes. And, and of course, if you put that on under the eave in the house or in a shaded area, the bouquet can last a long time. Yeah. And definitely, if it goes on the ground, it it's even longer time. Yes. Right. So all my bouquets are shipped with um, um, replanting instructions. Okay. And uh, as soon as they ship it, as soon as they arrive, it they don't have to do anything to them to them except put it upright in a vase. Wow. No refrigeration. No water. No spritzing. You always hear that people say you should be spritzing, but None you don't that. recommend that. No, no need. I was really intrigued also that you are selling wired rosettes to other florists. And yes. how, how did that come about? It makes so much sense because right. you don't want to ship fresh flowers, right? Exactly, exactly. So it's, there will be people calling me from Arizona or New Mexico or wherever. I want a fresh flower bouquet with succulents. And I would say it is best that you buy your fresh flowers from the source from where you live, and then I will send you, provide you with um, succulents with fall stems, and that's how I do it. So I sometimes I recommend you take it to the local florist mm -hmm. and bring your um, succulents, and they will make the bouquet for you. Or um, and sometimes the the florists themselves call me. And just oh, order I need them. somebody is asking for uh, succulents in a bouquet. Um, so I sell them the the succulents with the stems. That's kind of nice because mm -hmm. then the florist looks like a hero, but they're putting their own style on it with whatever local fresh flowers and foliages right. that they add. And they can ask for the purple or the mauve or the uh, rust-looking succulent, and it gets to them. Whereas if they try to buy it from their local Home Depot... <laughs> they have they... three choices. <laughs> exactly. Do you use mm -hmm. aeoniums at all? I use aeoniums, yes, yeah. uh -huh, definitely. That was the first bouquet I made. It was really? all e aeoniums. For the one for your husband's yes. niece? Yes. <laughs> Is, are they harder to work with? or They are very delicate okay. because they can bruise very easily. Because there's so much surface area of that leaf, or it's yes, thinner or something? Yes, it is very thin, okay. yes. Uh -huh, so it bruises mostly on the under part mm. of the leaves. Um, if you're looking into the flower, into the rosette, you see it looks pretty, but underneath looks brown like a yeah. banana oh, oh like <laughs> so, a bruised banana right yes yes so I try not to use those to ship out yeah especially the pale yellow and green yeah. striped ones would just the kiwis are just so incredibly delicate yeah you know what they have to be out on the elements getting really strong and then their leaves get really thick and juicy and then you can work easier with them but um at the rate we're going we're <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to wait <laughs> So what's next for you? Do you have any other um, product lines you're thinking about or are you just trying to maintain? <laughs> well, I definitely want to do more installations. Um, for a while, I was working with a girl that uh, started um, Fashion Week San Diego. Oh. And uh, I wanted to see if I would uh, either do something for fashion or installations as in the the ceremony like on a runway or something right wow. uh -huh. right that would be fantastic so i need to grow the interest of succulents in san diego 
And I believe that because succulents are so prevalent in San Diego, people take them for granted. Mm. And um, hmm. I have to work really hard to get their attention. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Like more of your business is outside of San Diego than in San Diego. <laughs> yes. But, you know, things come around and maybe you'll get um let's 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 think of how we can get you to do some big fashion installation somewhere else and then these san diego folks will pay attention right right <laughs> yeah they have to come from la or seattle or somewhere for san diego to say oh cool <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly well um this has been so much fun it's really it's really inspiring to see how well i don't want to assume this but i get the sense that this a lot of this happened organically you didn't have a big business plan to get to where you are now it just you kept responding to requests and that's correct and, and honing your aesthetic so it's really mm -hmm. your look and yes yes exactly it's well, like putting that. my signature mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so when people ask you what is urban succulents how do you describe it i am a succulent florist mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. Can we share photos of some of your work um, on the show notes at DebraPrinzing.com we'll, and links to you uh, to Urban Succulents and maybe we'll track down that video. Yes, um, I will give you the link. I am so inspired at how you just really have created this niche for yourself and there are other people selling succulent products and there's probably enough business for everybody. Um, so what you're giving your customers is kind of the personal attention and, I don't know, your look. Probably the best product that California has to offer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Maria Luisa. Thank you, Deborah. It's been wonderful talking with you. Oh, it's mm -hmm. been really fun talking to you, too. Let's go see some, some of your succulents out in the yard. Wonderful. Or if you have any left. You said you were so <laughs> sold I out. A, I have an empty greenhouse. Okay. <laughs> we'll go see it. Okay. Thanks so much for joining me today. Visit DebraPrinzing.com to see photos of Maria Luisa, her work, her garden, the Urban Succulents Studio, and to find links to her social places. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 204,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you to each one of you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. If you value the content you receive each week, I invite you to show your thanks and support the Slow Flowers podcast with a donation. The button can be found on our homepage in the right column. Your contributions will help make it possible to transcribe future episodes of the podcast. Thank you to our family of sponsors, Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing high quality American grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season. 
from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at lfgardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms, large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at kinetictreefitness.com. Music.